Hey guys and welcome back to the channel. We have our Australian Open finalists for 2023 for the WTA side. The women's singles will be contested between Arena Sabalenka and Alina Rybakina. It's going to be an incredible final. I just have that feeling. It's going to be a powerhouse display from two massive hitters from the back of the court, two big servers, and just power personified will be shown on court. I'm telling you now, it's going to be very, very exciting. If you want to make sure you stay tuned to it as well, it is starting tomorrow, so Saturday, 8.30 a.m. UK time, that is, so that's British summertime. So just for anyone that is wondering when it will be. Before we get into it, remember to that like button and do subscribe if you are new. Also, do leave a rating or review if you're listening on a podcast platform. Okay, let's get into this then. Arena Sabalenka versus Alina Rybakina. So this has been a very hard-fought contest in the past, but Sabalenka has edged the head-to-head. -head. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a few things. The first thing is we're going to go through their route to the final for each player, very briefly discuss how they've been playing. And then when I go through their route to the final, I'll give you guys a little bit about uh, some of the stats as well uh, that I've noticed and have been highlighted throughout the tournament. And then I'm going to break it down from a head-to-head -head perspective. So as I said, they have played before, but Sabalenka has always come out on top. I'm go I think you know, now this matchup is different. Rybakina has won Wimbledon last year or won Wimbledon last year, and she's a different type of player. Sabalenka has also improved. So it's going to be a different type of matchup, um, not quite the same as it was in the past. So I'm going to talk about what we should potentially get to see on display, uh, what to look out for, and where the match might be won or lost, and then ultimately give you guys my prediction and who will be this year's Australian Open 2023 champion on the women's side. So if we go through Alina Rybakina's uh, run to the final, you can see here beat Cochiretto, Huvan, both in straight sets. Then beat Danielle Collins in uh, three as well. Pretty impressive performance from her there because Danielle Collins, of course, made the final of the Australian Open last year. Sviantec won Roland Garros and also the US Open last year. So she's looking... In great form, she was one of the favourites to win the title. So the fact that Rybakina beat her 6-4, 6-4 in very, very confident fashion was a real statement made, no doubt, and arguably the best victory of the tournament, given who she played and how she beat her. Ostapenko was a good win as well, a straight set victory over her. She was in some good form. And Azarenka, of course, a two-time Australian Open uh, winner, winning in 2012 and 2013, had to make way for the Wimbledon 2022 champion, Rubakina. I mean, she was just too strong on the day, serving extremely well and off the ground as well. Just had a bit too much power for Azarenka and Azarenka not able to use her experience and guile to get through that. So some impressive victories for the Russian. For Sabalenka, well, it's been a good run as well. And the best thing about Sabalenka's run, and you'll see... If you're watching, and you can see on screen, she hasn't dropped a single set. And we'll talk about why that might be a good thing and also a bad thing in a bit. So Martin Koch should be in straight sets. Rogers, Mertens, Bencic, and Vekic. Uh, and then Lynette in the semi. So I would say you know, she's had a slightly easier run to the final, but had to obviously get it done. You can only play who's in front of you. And if I'm being completely honest with you, what's been the most impressive thing for me is the fact that she has won each 
matches straight sets. She could have dropped a set easily against, say, a Rogers or a Bencic or even a Mertens, and especially Lynette, who was playing some great tennis this year, especially, I'll say this year as if the year's been going on for very long, but played some great tennis in this tournament anyway. So a fantastic win for Sabalenka, and she makes her way into her first Grand Slam final after a fifth attempt. So she'd lost her previous four semis. So this is a real, real big breakthrough in her career. For Rivaka, of course, she's made one final before and won it against Ons Jabeur last year at Wimbledon in three sets. So she's been on a final stage in the past. But of course, Australian Open final, Rod Laver Arena in Australia on a hard court. It's different conditions, different stadium, different circumstances, but she'll have a slight edge in experience. So then if we talk about from a head-to-head -head perspective, so you can see here they've played each other uh, four times. I mean, the World Tennis League is an exhibition, so it doesn't count towards the head-to-head. -head. So technically the head-to-head, -head, I think, is two-level, three-level, and that would always also an, exp uh, an exhibition as well. But this win here from Rubakana, she will take some confidence in because the fact that she won, and I know it was six, I mean, listen to this scoreline, by the way, six love, one six, 10 six to uh, Rubakana in a final set tiebreaker or just a, a tiebreaker to, to finish it off. I mean, <laughs> very interesting to say the least. What's impressed me about Rubakana is her serve. She's been very, very good um, on serve. Before we get into that, though, I want to talk about the mental side. And then I'm going to talk about it more from a technical aspect and some of the stats that I was talking about. So I just mentioned that Rebecca has been in a final before. And for her, of course, that does prove to be a, a good thing. It's a little bit of a mental edge, I would say. For Savalenka, I also mentioned that she hasn't dropped a single set now. Let's talk about the mental edge that Rubakina has. So on her side, the edge that she has is that she's been there and done it. Now, that might also though add some added expectation because from what I've seen, and I know myself, I've backed Sabalenka from the start before the tournament started to win the tournament. But actually, from the polls I put out, the majority of people have gone for Rubakina. Not by a huge like mammoth uh, amount, but by enough to make me sit there and think, hmm, okay, she seems like she's a slight favourite. I don't gamble, so I don't know what the bookies are saying, but I would imagine that she's a slight favourite given she's won a slam before. Given she also beats Fiontech, I think that probably helps her favourite status. However, so she has the mental edge given that she's been, been there, done it, in terms of winning a Grand Slam. But I actually think the tag of being the favourite and the tag of being someone who's expected to win might actually backfire because against Oz Jabeur, she wasn't the favourite and she just kind of quietly gone on about it. Even in this tournament, she wasn't the favourite. She was up there. She was probably in top five, uh, in people's top five picks, but she wasn't the favourite, especially given that she was playing Shriontek in the course finals. A lot of people would have had her losing at that stage. I didn't. I had her winning it, by the way, just to say. But in the end, like a really, really good run from her. How does she handle the pressure? We'll see. I know I've heard a lot of people say that with Rebecca, she can have dips mentally in matches, but so can Sabalenka. I think that's what makes this quite exciting. What we want to make sure we get is a final where both players are, 
either they're both nervy, so they're kind of it's still competitive, or I think they're both very nervy, so they're making some mistakes, but it's even, or they come out and from ball one, they are timing the ball really well. They've got good feel and they've just, they're playing almost as if, uh, you know, this isn't a final. It's just a really competitive match they need to win um, and their life depends on it, but they're not going to let the occasion get to them from the mental aspect. And a good example of that is actually on the men's side. I, for those of you who would have watched it, Alcaraz versus Kasparud at the US Open final. That was really impressive. Alcaraz, of course, making his first ever Grand Slam final. And for Kasparud, he played one before at Roland Garros, got destroyed by Nadal. They came out and they were striking the ball cleanly and not making many mistakes from ball one. It was really impressive. I'm hoping we're going to see the same from these two because this has the potential to be one of the best finals in the women's game we've seen in a while just because of how evenly matched and the skill sets they both have. For Sabalenka, the fact that she hasn't dropped a set is a good thing and a bad thing. And the reason why is because, yes, it proves how dominant she's been. She'll take a lot of confidence going into it. We saw Emma Raducanu, of course, at the US Open 2021 tournament. She didn't drop a single set into the final. And then she almost had this air of invincibility about her that, you know what, if I'm a breakdown, doesn't matter, I'm going to come back and I'm going to break you back and I'm going to win this set. You're not, No one's going to win a set of me. I'm going to win straight sets. I'm going to dominate. You can't beat me. I feel like Sabalenka has that kind of air about her a little bit. And she has been breaks down in matches. She was a breakdown against Lynette in the opening set. And um, she's been she's been a breakdown in a lot of the sets she's played, but she's come back really nicely and gone on to win. So that's been really, really impressive. The negative, potential negative from it could be that she doesn't then react that well to losing the first set. Because if Rebacca is to win the first set, say if it's in a tiebreaker or even 6-4, for example, Sabalenka could potentially not handle it too well and then implode or self-implode from that position because she's had it all her own way in the sense that she's fought really well, she's come back and she hasn't dropped a single set. If she then loses a set, especially in the final for the first time in the tournament, that could have a real, real mental impact. And I think, you know, going into this, I think it's a 50-50 I think if Sabalenka's to win the first set, I think it goes to 60-40 Sabalenka. But I think if Rybakina wins the first set, I think it goes to 70-30 Rybakina. I genuinely do. I just think that the fact that Sabalenka hasn't dropped a set is great for her confidence going into it. But if she is to lose the first set, I do think it could potentially be quite harmful for her from a mental side anyway. So we'll see. I mean, in saying that, I'm basing that on how Samalenka has been throughout her career. But in this tournament, she has been different. She has been. She even talked about it in her press conference. She's not uh, shouting or getting annoyed um, and, you know, being very, very uh, like boisterous when it comes to uh, some of the, um, yeah, in some of the, uh, I don't know. In some of these matches, in instances where I think, you know what, she's gonna, she's gonna completely lose it because she's not playing particularly well this game. She has kept her cool, kept her calm, and then recovered in that game, and she's been really, really good. So what I would say is, 
that for me, Sabalinka might prove me wrong in that aspect, in the mental aspect, and I'm hoping she does. Okay, enough of that, because I feel like I've gone on about that for a, for a bit. So there's a couple of factors to take into account when it comes to the mental aspect, and that's always important in tennis, of course. Sabalenka, of course, playing her first ever Grand Slam final. There will be some pressure. She may be thinking, do I get this opportunity again uh, very soon? This is her best opportunity to really lift her career off the ground. And, uh, you know, if this is a massive catalyst for Rubaka, she wins another Grand Slam, and she's looking like she could be you know, on par with Shriontek as someone who's going to be regularly winning slams. If we then talk about it from a technical standpoint, there's a few interesting stats. So first of all, Rubakina is the leader when it comes to unreturnable serves and first serve points one. She's at over 80% for first serve points one. And in terms of unreturnable serves, she's over 50% as well for unreturnable serves. That is a phenomenal stat, by the way. Ridiculously good. For Sabalenka, she is winning the baseline exchanges with winners. She is at 47% at least. So 47% or more points won by winners. That's ridiculous. So out of all the points she wins in a game, in a match, sorry, even, 47% of them are winners. Unbelievable. Literally unbelievable. And that's really, really, really impressive. So... What does that mean for the final? What it means for the final, in my opinion, is that we're going to get a blockbuster affair. We're going to get aces. We're going to get winners. We're going to get power from the back of the court. We might even get a bit of guile as well. Some drop shots in there, some volleying, I'm hoping. I think it's going to be a really, really fun final. Where will this match be won or lost? The serve's going to be key for both players because they both rely on it. They have massive serves. Their second serves are not too bad as well, but... You know, I think we've seen with Sabalenka, she punishes second serves for the most part. Rebacca's second serve is better than most players. She's up there with one of the best second serves. Same with Sabalenka. But both these girls will not be stepping back on second serve return. They'll be looking to attack. Um, so the percentage of first serves made is going to be quite crucial, I feel, for both players. I do think it's going to be a pretty important part of um, this final. And, you know, whoever has the highest first serve, first serve percentage... Uh, could end up winning uh, the final. Um, of course, it's what you back it up with as well. So when I say first serve percentage, I, I mainly mean first serve points one percentage. But if you're winning 90% of your first serve points one, but you're only making 30% of first serves, that doesn't really help. So, you know, she's they will still need to make a pretty good portion of first serves. And I think 60% will be the minimum for both players. And if they both make 60%, it's going to be really tough um, for both, and we might see a tiebreaker or two. I wouldn't be surprised if we see tiebreakers at all in this uh, in this matchup. For returning, it's an interesting one because I feel like Sabalenka has improved her returning. She's maybe been not more cautious, but more calculated with how she returns, and she doesn't miss as many returns as I've no as I've seen in the past. Anyway, that's what I've noticed. In terms of Rubakina. Uh, she's actually also a lot more capable than expected after seeing her the last few years. So the, I guess the big question mark is going to be who can hit their spots better uh, and then who's going to get inroads uh, on return. I would say that despite, well, given the facts that we have to hand the stats, I would say that Rubakina 
will probably hold serve easier because Sabalenka saved the most. Um, she's actually saved the most break points in this whole tournament. Now, that's impressive, but it also means that she's had to save quite a few. Uh, so I would say Rybakina is going to hold serve slightly easier, but I think Sabalenka will have a better chance of breaking in the return games. So there's a slight advantage, I think, for Rybakina on serve, but a slight advantage for Sabalenka on return. So then that kind of evens it out. Then it comes down to the baseline exchanges and how people and how they're going to unfold. Well, both players, to be fair to them, don't have glaring weaknesses in terms of a hole in their backhand or forehand. I think you know, a lot of players on tour, the backhand is a weakness. I don't think it is really much, really for these guys. What we might actually end up seeing is both players slicing a little bit, especially on the backhand side, to try and disturb the rhythm of their opponent because both these players hit massive from the back of the court and they will want the ball to come back to them at a similar pace in a similar rhythm so that they're able to then you know, pick their spot really and just hone in on... Um, on the corners of the court. That's what they'll be looking to do. Angles will be utilized a lot, I imagine. What Sabalink, I think, has a slight advantage when it comes to these exchanges is that I think her movement is a bit better than Rubakina's. That's not to say Rubakina's movement is bad, but I think Sabalink's movement is a bit better. She can also come to the net now. She doesn't do it too often, but she can. With Rubakina, however, though, what to me has been has been really impressive is her ability to hit the ball a lot flatter and take the ball a little bit earlier or later when needed. She ha- can adjust. She can adjust. And I think she's been quite patient as well. And she's had pretty good shot tolerance from what I've seen in the rallies. I feel like Sabalenka's shot tolerance is maybe not quite as good. So you've got Sabalenka, who's probably moving is a bit better. Now on the ground stroke, she's going to hit a lot of winners, but she might hit some more enforced errors. So Rebecca and I, she also hits with power, but she's more, she, her shot tolerance is a bit slightly better, I'd say, maybe not quite as many winners. And the movement could be an issue. So if I'm Sabalenka, what I'm doing is from the first opportunity I get, I'm going to try and find an angle um, on the forehand or backhand and really get Rebecca in a stretching and then try and get that open court open court as soon as possible. Try and open up the court as soon as possible to then attack it because Rebecca is going to find it hard. If I'm Rebecca, I'm doing a similar thing, except I'm being a bit more calculated in how I'm doing it because I know that I've got the shot tolerance. I've probably got slightly better shot tolerance than Sabalenka. I'll back myself a little bit. So if she needs to go deep down the middle, but hard deep down the middle, she will. And then build from there. With Sabalenka, you can't afford to hit, let's say Rebecca, you can't afford to hit loopy ground strokes. They'll get attacked. They'll get punished. So I think this is going to be really intriguing. I, I'm trying to picture how it goes. And all I can see is winners flying off each other's rackets. It's going to be a very difficult one to call. Like Rebecca has the experience, as I said, of you know making a Grand Slam final and winning one. Sabalenka doesn't. But then she's also been more dominant in the tournament. She's a bit more mature in terms of age. She's made a lot more semifinals. She's more experienced when it comes to Grand Slams. We'll see. We'll see. It's going to be intriguing. I'm just thinking about if there's anything else that we need to discuss in terms of the technical aspect. I think in terms of backhand to backhand and forehand to forehand, 
I'm not really sure if anyone has a a notable advantage, if I'm being completely honest. I think for Sabalenka, her slicing on the backhand is probably more important than uh, Rybakina slicing. Because I think when Rybakina slices, Sabalenka might be able to have good enough movement around the backhand to hit the into-up forehand and punish her or into-in forehand. Whereas I think if Sabalenka slices the backhand, I think Rybakina might have to go... She's a bit taller as well than Sabalenka, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, she's like six foot four. So for her to get down that low to the slice and then trying to hit a drive backhand or a slice backhand is not the most comfortable uh, and most convenient thing for her. So if I was if I was Sabalenka, if I was not getting a lot of success in the ground strike rallies by hitting with power only, I would be mixing it up to try and make Rebecca feel uncomfortable and move her around. But we'll see. We'll see how, how it plays out. I'm, I'm intrigued to see how it goes. I don't think either girl's going to serve and volley, although I think that would be a good option. I just don't think that's really in their DNA, um, despite being massive servers. And I think both players have got, got pretty good hands in the net as well. Um, drop shots we could see a little bit of as well. I know Sabalenka has played it more often recently, and that's probably a good tactic to utilize, especially if she's moving Rabakina around. For Rabakina, um, she utilizes the slice a lot more than Sabalenka what I've seen and even down the line. So that'll be interesting to see how potent that has and whether it has much of an effect on the Sabalenka forehand um, or backhand even. My prediction, I'm going to go with Sabalenka in three sets, uh, but that means I'm going for Sabalenka to win the first set because I think if she loses the first set, I, I think Rybakina will win. So I'm going to go Sabalenka to win in three sets. She'll win the first set, Rybakina win the second, and then we'll get um, a third set, and I think Sabalenka will win that one. So that's my prediction. We'll see. I could be completely wrong. Rebecca could just win straight sets. And the best thing about this match is, and the best thing about this final is that I feel like for the first time in a while on the women's side, we've got a real 50-50 final. Um, I guess you could say Onjabur and uh, Rebecca was, but Onjabur went into it actually a pretty clear favourite. Um, even Shriontek versus Jabur, same thing. Uh, you know, the other final Shafrontek Goff, same thing. Barty, Collins, last year. So last year, we didn't really get any 50-50 finals, honestly. This is a real 50-50, in my opinion, uh, and I can't wait for it. But yeah, thank you very much, guys. Stay safe and well. Make sure you tune in as well to our live commentary and play-by-play stream that we will do for the final tomorrow. Uh, and we'll see you guys there. Thank you very much.